I did it 24 hours in advance, and I wasn't clear. And so they sent me back, and I had to do it again, and I still wasn't clear. And so I had to pay for the medication the third time around, which wasn't very expensive, but... Um, I, I, that time I went 36 hours instead of 24 and was clear. So now in the future, I know 36 hours is what I've got to do. The doctor did say Uh, though, that he, that was the cleanest colon he had ever seen, ever seen in his entire life. You're muted, sir. Yeah, you're muted. And I'm just like, wow, that that is a note on a medical chart. Like, there's like a badge there that you just it's, get. Stick. It's got the emblem up here. I believe that you are in fact. There you go. Nope. Can't hear you. Nope. Try one more time, Paul. One more time. Nope. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live and have been live and you are watching all of the troubleshooting as it goes through. Well, you know, We're, can you hear me? Whoop. Were we talking yes. about colonoscopies during the live show? Here's the problem. Uh, I can't remember when I didn't see when he when he zapped me. So he could have had me talking live colonoscopies. You were talking live colonoscopies because I said we're going live. Yeah, but you were muted, so no one actually heard you. <laughs> Would you like to know why? Uh, because your microphone sucks. <laughs> no, because Streamyard decided it was going to switch over to my other microphone. Ah, I want. Oh, hmm. hi! It's 2024, and it sucks absolute complete ass, including 36 so, hours it took to get Terry clean. So basically, you know, 2024 is the year of the colonoscopy, right? That's what it is. <laughs> so we have, so we have to pretty much go through and process all this shit until we can clear things up, and then approach the year. Is that what? Is that the the metaphor that we're going going through here? It sounds about right. Yeah. It sounds about right. The, Ironically, the 2024 lineman. is, in fact, the year of my colonoscopy. I have to get one this year. So there we go. I'm pretty sure 2024 needs a colonoscopy because already this is like an impacted bowel moment. That's, that's pretty much where I was going. getting at when I was, when I was making the commentary about 2024. Yeah. <sighs> wow. I guess we should move on from bathroom humor and say, Howdy, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Dev Robot Society. I am Paul E. Cooley. Joining me, as always, Veronica Jaguar and Terry Boom Boom Mixon. Boom Boom. We're going to get to that later. No wonder he's shrieking into the microphone. He's fucking deaf. Hey, I have a great microphone that I, or a great headset that I take to the, the range. <laughs> Noise canceling. I can hear people talk around me. It's It's great. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't believe it at all. I don't believe it at all. So it's 2024, and uh, how are things going, V? Well, let's see. Um, We've started the show, and I'm already therapy crocheting, so that should tell you about, you know, how my year's starting out. Um, I am, however, using one of my cool Christmas presents that the Mighty Ginger got me because it's a nifty crochet hook. That has a light on the end of it. Look at that. It's like a sonic screwdriver for crafters. Um, there are also buttons where you can use it to count stitches and rows, but I'm just using the light. Anyway, um, what? Don't give me that look. Yeah, anyway, Dave, we so, need to go full Karen on 2024. Oh, oh, I, I get an award for not going full Karen yesterday. So, um... I have started, so within the first week of 2024, I have already finished, I've started and finished an audiobook. I finished one this morning and delivered it. So yeah, productivity. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Terry would love this book because at the end, the heroine gives her nemesis to her pet cat and he eats her. I approve. See, I thought so. So that, that was good. However, yesterday on the way to uh, bowling practice for my daughter, a child, because the person who rear-ended my car was probably no older than my oldest, so child, um, he used his late model Ford Mustang GT to put a dent in the back of my um, suburban assault vehicle. And while what? 
I use it to haul children and raise hell. I mean, that's suburban assault vehicle. Look, it's valid. So, it's totally I'm, valid. I'm, I'm not a family person, so I don't. I I just think it's funny. SUV became SAV. Anyway, continue. Okay, so um, so kid managed to put a dent. I mean, let's think about this. To put a dent into an SUV with a sports car, you know, I'll give him props. However, um, because there's a hitch on the back of my car, um, he now has a softball-sized hole in the front of his Mustang's bumper. And because um, he'd never been in a car accident before and was entirely too honest, which I appreciate, but he straight up admitted to the officer that, yes, he was looking at his phone, he was distracted, it was all his fault, and he was very sorry. So I just nodded and smiled and said thank you and got his information and noted that the insurance wasn't under his name so um he's probably having a very long conversation with his mommy <laughs> about why his premium is going to triple oh, so fun. and it's already least, high to begin with i know you know ha- having having to have had two teenage boys on car insurance briefly at the same time uh yeah so um it's not a wonderful start to the year could have been better but um things will improve i hope terry well i haven't had bad things happen to me this year yet but people around me have had bad things happen to them Oh, dear, you're the eye of the hurricane. Um, It's a pretty broad hurricane, but yeah. um, For writing, anyway. I've been busy doing other things, so I've gotten one writing day in this year. But that's okay. I'll hit it. I had to spend two of those days doing uh, editing tasks for the novel that I just turned in. So it's not like I I totally ignored book-related things. But... um, and yesterday I decided I was going to go to the range and empty the uh, test rounds that I had built before the coronavirus came around so that I would have the test data that I was originally supposed to get for the powder weights and the bullets that I was using on all the pistols that I have. And I thought there was no real reason to get more than one uh, target. So I posted in a live channel the uh, target that I blew up with probably seven eight hundred rounds maybe more of damage i turned it into confetti i did that is very much not moving anymore an unconscionable amount of ammunition used on a solitary target i'm sorry the uh, range the range officer was complaining that i turned the range officer was complaining that i turned it into confetti that he was now going to have to sweep up jesus christ What the fuck was the point of that? The point of it was, is I was concerned. That paper. (laughs) I was concerned with the function of the pistol, whether it cycled, whether it ejected, uh, how it felt. I wasn't really concerned about the grouping, so I didn't care that there was, you know, only one target. (laughs) I'm just saying, you must have really hated that paper. That's all. When I, when, I, paper to you. when I went back out, I couldn't retrieve the thing because I had been there so long that the, um, the little monorail that takes it out froze, so I couldn't actually retrieve the target. But I took a picture of it, obviously, and when I showed it to the people out front, I said, I think I winged him. And they're like, no, I think you at least got a flesh wound. <laughs> I, I think you um, did what one would call a uh, bullet lobotomy. Oh, no. Oh no! This is bullet. This this was vaporization. This was something completely but different. <laughs> thankfully, I got lots of data. I still need to make it. I need to load up a bunch of other rounds to to test some different powders that I've gotten since then. So I'll have another trip where I go up there and blow up a bunch of ammunition again. So they'll they'll get the chance to, for me to see that. On the bad side of this year, um, somebody that I know had a stroke on January first. Oh dear. Um, I don't know yet how badly it is. They, from what he said, he believed they were going to let him out of the hospital yesterday. And he said that he's got most of his memory back. So I don't know 
what implications physically or mentally that's going to have for him. Uh. Um, my wife's oldest daughter got the diagnosis that uh, she has issues with her heart, ventricular thickening of the heart wall that she's going Ooh. to have to deal with. And uh, that sounds relatively serious. So those those two things rolled around in 2024, and I'm I know that there's a third one lurking in my head, but I can't quite remember what it is. Oh dear. Lovely. So 2024 rolling out to suck. 2024, I got something for ya. Ah, uh, I've been editing. I'm going back to Revolution and spending probably. I don't know, an hour every 2,500 words, <laughs> at least, uh, wow. editing, tightening things up, and then making a, a ton of uh, notes and checking it twice and thrice and everything else and getting some timeline stuff that I never did before, which will really help with, with shoring up evolution or uh, extinction as well. And I'm actually enjoying the, the book, which I didn't think I would, but I am. So that's a good thing, I guess. But... Uh, Things have been a little slow because there's a lot of extended family things going on, a lot of family things going on. Um, I My mom's getting treatment for cancer, and there's some other stuff going on in the household. So I've been a little stressed thin on in a lot of places, and we'll try and completely get back on the horse next week. But uh, that's pretty much what's been going on with, with, with me. And 2024 can just basically bite me. There's a hockey game on. Excuse me, I'm going to mute this and you can see me yell at people. (laughs) Go beat your children. Beat them. Beat them. (laughs) Did I mention 2024 could bite me? (laughs) Ivy, how you doing? Hi. They just proceeded to yell even louder when I said they could be heard. I told them they sounded like a pack of wolves. And they said, but it's a goal! I'm like, great. See this? Here's a pillow. Shove it in your face. <laughs> so this oh, kind of brings up an interesting an interesting question that we kind of talked about in, in the live chat. How in the ever-loving hell are we keeping ourselves on track at this point? We've already got distractions. We already have plans we made. We already had all this stuff kind of laid out. And laid out our goals, and here comes life, ready to <laughs> roll life. you down. Here comes life. So, you know, basically, you know, there's all these things I can do, and I'm trying to do while I'm having to do other stuff, because I have to leave the house a lot now to ferry people back and forth to uh, appointments and all sorts of other stuff. So how am I going to keep on that track of, of trying to get this book edited and ready for, for print, you know, by the end of, of January? How am I going to get that done? Basically nipping away at it whenever I can, whenever I've got the brain function to do it. That's what I'm doing is basically going in and nipping away at it. And sometimes I mean to go in there for like 10 or 20 minutes and work on a couple of paragraphs or whatever. And then next thing I know, it's an hour and a half later and I've done another chapter. (laughs) So it's just a matter of, uh, and then, then I have to pay for that later. But, the time I got to nip it, I got to basically keep following it and uh, uh, making sure I keep going after after the pieces that I can, put it all together, make notes. And when I get distracted, leave myself a note saying, here's where you were. Here's what you were thinking, idiot. Now go take care of business. And that's more or less the only thing I could do at this point because anything else is madness. Oh, I'm going to work for the next eight hours. No, I'm not. <laughs> I don't have the strength right now. I just don't. So basically get in there and then work on, uh, uh, you know, doing what you can when you can and making sure that you are doing it. You don't have an excuse not to do it. It just means sit down for 10 to 20 minutes, get something done. Even if it's just a paragraph, even if it's just this, that, and the other, that's what's got to get done for, to make that happen. <laughs> Brett is asking, whose dog is that? If you can hear stuff commenting, that's not my dog. That is my daughter cheering on a hockey game. She needs help. (laughs) Terry, you're muted. 
Why is Terry muted? Oh, there you go. <laughs> I muted because I was typing, and see, I forgot that I was muted, so that makes no difference. Um, you should go ahead and mute yourself and tell her that everybody in the podcast thinks that she's a, a baying retriever. No, she's a baying hound. Why should I mute myself? This is going to be great fun. Oh. Hang on. Small ginger child. People think that you're a baying retriever. (laughs) People think that you're a baying retriever and they can hear you. Baying retriever. Yes, like a wolf. The comment I got was the beatings. So hey, yeah. I I guess um. I guess, yay, there, there's your comic relief for the show. <laughs> the 15-year-old who is probably going, fight, 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 get him. The unrepentant. The unrepentant 13-year-old. Yeah. Oh, and... Um, I'm not sure how to parse that. Yeah, Brett, no, they do not have... She does not have... Sorry, our team does not have a Stanley Cup. They almost got there. They almost got I mean, there. Uh, I mean... Uh, anyway. Um... So, all right. Don't let go to your head, Jr. But this is a very good question. So, if like when life gets you down and you don't have time for words, how do you keep yourself relevant? Relevant. Well, I guess relevant. Were we relevant to begin with? Well, yeah, yeah. Relevant might not be the right word, but how do you keep yourself moving forward, engaged? Um, still, even if you've like stopped on the path, how do you keep yourself on the path? So you're able to, you know, move forward. He's responding to Michael Wally. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I was going to say, if this is how he keeps himself relevant, (laughs) I'm not sure that's working out for you. Well, I, I mean, I get it. It's, it's how you... Okay, so he says relevant to the consumers of what you produce, as in they're aware that you still exist. So I guess so. How do you stay on on the radar? You got to keep publishing. You've you've got to keep putting something out, even if it's just you being on Facebook or sending out a newsletter. You've got to keep putting something in front of their faces, or they're going to forget who you are. Yeah, and I mean, I I struggle with this all the time because I'm not necessarily a content producer. I can put out stuff to advertise other people's things but then sometimes it's just you know it's posting it's posting something over on instagram or facebook about something i'm working on or i mean i i make it easy easy around the holidays because i can post stuff about food or stuff that i've baked or just you know little things but it's it is challenging and when I think it's it, it's even more difficult when you're getting kicked around because then you've got to summon the energy and the executive function to go oh what do I do next when all that you really want to do is just kind of recharge but you can't because there are a million other things that are happening so. I mean, it's it's difficult, and everybody has to find their like own thing. One of the hardest things that any creative or any human being maybe has to deal with is when you find that something in life has intruded in what you'd like to do, and you have to deal with other things. In some cases, that's just random life things it's your family you've got to take care of you've been in a car accident something else has happened some other major disruption to the ordered business of your life and sadly sometimes when those things happen you have to step away from what you're doing and deal with those crises and when you're done with those then you have to find a way to worm yourself back into producing again you you 
If anyone tells you, oh, you could just keep writing through whatever trauma is going on, that is not the case. <laughs> Sometimes you have to stop and deal with the situation as it is, because... While it might not be more important than your creative career, sometimes it can be more pressing than your creative mm-hmm. career. Yeah. You talked about that, and I, it, producing new work, and I mentioned this last week, I've got, I've got basically Evolution, Oceania, and Extinction are coming out this year. Definitely coming out this year, as well as An Ancient Trap. That's done deal. So at least three of those books are a done deal. Extinction, eh, it's going to happen. But... It could, it could, it might not, but it will. Those are not new words, none of them except for extinction. New words, as in my patrons haven't seen them. So, what I'm working on right now, as far as editing and everything else, that means they're not going to gain new fiction content. So, what am I going to do to keep getting money from them? That's a really good question. I don't have an answer for it. The only uh, thing I can do is basically offer reviews. Like my product review on the throne bidet. The on the what? what of the day? Throne bidet. I don't know what the Boom. throne version the of the bidet is. It's okay. the brand. It's the brand. Is it like an add-on to your it's existing? It's an add-on, yeah. It's well, add-on tell us system. more. You've got now. You've got our interest. Come tell us crown? more. It, it's it's not electric. It's completely self-cleaning. It is a. Wonderful thing. I had never used a bidet before, and I was like, oh, okay, well, this is interesting. And I went, oh, it's set at the lowest setting. And then I jacked it up. That's the wrong words to use. Then I cranked it up and just about blasted my it's balls like, through the it's toilet. Like, so. It's like the water pick for your butt. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, you know, uh, word of the wise, if you're starting out, go with low settings. But uh, it's it's bracing this time of year. I'll put it that way. I would imagine that's true. It's bracing. Um, <laughs> here we go. Let's go back to to telling you a story from my youth. Oh no! <laughs> oh yes. When I grew up, my parents lived in uh, in the country, way deep in the country. Their idea of uh, flowing plumbing water was they had a big water tank that, through gravity, drained oh, to uh, to get to the house and get the water pressure. However, during the winters. That was some seriously cold water to take a shower with. Allow me to assure you. <laughs> anyway, I will I will uh, look up Throne Bidet on Amazon if you have any questions about it. It's actually really neat. I'm, I'm glad I got it. I'm still getting used to it. Uh, but uh, it definitely beats the hell out of uh, toilet paper. Usually having to use a lot of toilet paper. It definitely beats the hell out of that. So that's my product review for your bidet. This has been Bidet Chat. Should <laughs> I search? Is, is it spelled throne? How, maybe I'm misspelling bidet. T H R O N E space B I D E T. No, I'm absolutely clean, Rick. It's, it's Terry that's got problems. Wow, it's got like buttons and everything. Yeah. It's got a whole command console. This Here. is not the sci-fi extension that I was looking for in today's <laughs> chat. I mean, that, that wow. I don't have to talk about the Sonic versions for our generation <laughs> shift. And, you know, how, how how you'd incorporate this into your... Um, you your, shall never have your... mud butt again. The Danites will come eat it all and just, you know, recycle it or something. I don't know. End up eating your food next week. I've, I've posted a link to it in the live channel for those of us that are going to rush right out and get ourselves these these bidets. <laughs> how does it handle zero gravity? I'm not sure how I handle zero gravity. It's, I mean, what think I went this? Human bidet werewolf tonight. Oh, that's bad, Rick. You're fired. That's horrible. That's horrible. Bad, 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 bad. It does not have a USB port and a Bluetooth connector. <laughs> Although, I guarantee you, there are ones out there that do. I guarantee you there's one out there where you can fix the settings via Bluetooth on your phone. There's one that uh, uh, King George was talking about that was like a $10,000, some ultra-special, expensive, standalone bidet system. 
and it sold in Japan. And it had like an entire console of bullshit <laughs> while you're sitting there getting your ass cleaned. There is, and it's there just is like why? <laughs> <laughs> I forget which cartoon group it was that that had them going off on this this expensive toilet they bought. Your mother's place music has Bluetooth. Spray, 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 spray. Sorry. We have definitely descended into a location none of us envisioned going to. Yeah, so let's move away from it. Let's leave the bidet. Look, I was going to skip past the bidet, but you demanded to know about the bidet. So now you know about the bidet. I may get one and surprise my wife and set that up to the high setting see what happens. <laughs> it does um, have a feminine mode, but I won't go any further into that. That's probably a wise decision. <laughs> you can go look at it in the live chat if you're interested. If not, don't worry about it. We'll stop now. We'll stop. And Paul will hear Donna scream from a city away. <laughs> oh, anyway. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 2024 is turning out truly great for DRS bidets. Howling girls in now feminine mode. So, wait a minute. Feminine mode. So, are we going to oh, have... Stop! No, this nothing to do with nothing to do with the bidet. So if we've got this AI intelligence inhabiting a body, does it have a feminine mode? I need to know. I think that entirely depends on your definition of feminine because that is a continuum. So um, the problem is you have you'd have to train it. You have to train what feminine mode is, and it ha- would have to have a wealth of examples it- and. Probably by the end of it, it's going to be, no, here's, yeah, here's we what don't you know do. what that is. Here's what you do. You train it on episodes of Maud. And after Ooh, it gets that, I am you not have... sure that Maud is a great definition of feminine mode. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm thinking battle axe mode, okay? You train it on Maud. You find it all these, these shows and TV series and everything else where it's just sarcastic, cutting, but very good at what it does. So if you go ahead and put it, the AI into feminine mode... And it says, male, kiss my grits, then obviously you did it wrong. Male, kiss my grits. Mel. Oh, Mel. Male, kiss my grits. I wonder how many of our viewers, listeners, even got that reference. Of course, I'm the one who brought up Maud, and that's kind of been dead but for a long time. Even being, even being, taking it to a serious mode with that, I can see having a robotic being that has different modes of operation, one of them being not necessarily feminine mode, but one that's more working with others, more finding common ground, and then you've got the time to bash heads in mode. It's completely different. What's really unfortunate is there's a show called Raised by Wolves. What's unfortunate about it is they didn't continue it, but it kind of has that idea of... The androids more or less changing their how they function based on what their purpose is at that time. Are they raising the children? Are they protecting the children? Are they are they scouting or anything like that? So I can definitely see a a, a uh, I can definitely see a situation where you might have an android that is going to have multiple modes of function, um, like you're describing for that very purpose. Because, I mean, think about how a butler in a household, busy household, who doesn't have a lot of assistance, treats everybody and has to do things. The deference changes a little bit. They may be a little bit more personal and warming with the children than they are necessarily with the, with the adults. I mean, it all kind of depends on how it works out. So I don't, I don't think there would be any, any difference. I don't think there would be any, any change from that. I want Alfred as my butler. Nothing Which else Alfred? will do. Albert which J. Prufrock or Al, Albert, Albert Pennyworth? No, no, no. I'm saying which which version, which movie or comic or television version of Alfred do you The one want? played by Jeremy Irons, I think. Really? You don't I have like the Michael Caine version? I kind of like Jeremy Irons better. Or, oh, now I gotta make me put down my yarn. Now I gotta look something up. <laughs> Who was it? 
Now she's going to look um, up what exactly? When, when was he an Alfred? Uh, I don't remember that. Wasn't he? Are, are you talking um, the one she mentioned? I no, think it was back in. Oh, it was the most Michael recent. Michael Caine was the Alfred uh, in the um, the Dark Knight the trilogy. Christopher Nolan's, yeah. Damn, Terry, you're gonna you're gonna snort some cocaine while you're out there too. Yes. Crunch, 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 crunch. Paul's describing your also, Or, or do you want the from Gotham the Sean Pertwee version? Mm, because no, Jeremy Irons. Well, I think he's the kind of guy. He's 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 got the he's got a mouth on him. I like him. Michael Go. Oh, he was with Keaton. Okay, all right, uh, gotcha. That's a really good question, though, regarding the Android stuff. I hadn't really thought about that. I hadn't either. It's huh. something I'm definitely going to keep in mind in the next series that I start writing, because I think that would be a good thing to, to implement. It would, I mean, it would be societal, too, because other, especially non-Western societies, there's far more... Um, protocol. Yeah, far more protocol and differentiation between different levels and roles and yeah even even within families and within or within friend groups depending upon asian experience and so. just think if your ai butler got locked into an improper mode and i'm thinking of uh of a uh, kato must bash heads with children must bash no <laughs> no on, children, i'm thinking i'm thinking heads. i'm thinking that Cato attacking his his master at every turn, <laughs> diving out of Clouseau stuff. Cato? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we just we got mod references in Pink Panther and Flo. What the hell are we doing here? Um revisiting our youth, I think. <laughs> there's I mean there there's some serious near boomer you know references here. I'm just sitting back going Near near Boomer? I'm pretty sure we are fully immersed in Boomer. I was trying to be Green nice. Green Acres is the place to be. Welcome to 1975 chat. <laughs> yeah, and you, you're seeing Green Acres and I'm like, I know the whole theme song to Let's that see, back then, back then we had five channels. We had three major networks and we had two locals that you had to get on the, on the UVHF back here in Houston. Where two and a half Perry channels was, where I, I grew up. Say, you, you, had, you had two channels in snow. <laughs> I think I remember four. Four? No, five. Five if you count a PBS, which is the only oh, thing I was allowed to watch. Oh, we had six if you count PBS. Because we had CBS, NBC, uh, ABC, PBS, K, KRIV, and KUHF, or whatever that other one was. Man. So we watched a lot of reruns, folks. A lot of reruns because there wasn't shit else on. Syndicated television was a thing. It was the only thing. You, you, oh, the commercials here. You've got sixty seconds to take care of your business and get back to the TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't fly no more. Now you got three minutes to, to to go away. Three to five seems like God. It does seem. Or you way, can just it? hit pause and then catch up with the live later and skip the commercials entirely. If it'll let you fast forward through them. Now let's talk about the majority of the boobies that that uh, PBS showed. Most of them were not those kind artistic. of boobies. Not even artistic. Six to six of your bidet. Brett, stop. <laughs> Channel four four forty four out of Tampa. What the the dog? W T O G. The dog. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is an interesting part. If you go back and you, I was thinking about this because I, I watched uh, the series, The Terror, the AMC series, which was fantastic. It's about a, a expedition to find the Northwest Passage in 1846. And the two ships in question disappeared. So it's a great series, but it's based on Dan Simmons's The Terror, the book. And I hadn't read the book. So while I was doing things this week or last week, this week, we seem to go on forever for the for the parents. Um, I read a 937-page book in two and a half days. Um, just absolutely obliterated it. And it was so much fun because I didn't know the characters. The series characters are almost nothing like the book's characters. I knew names, but the actual 
way they functioned radically different. It was like it was almost as as though I had it was the same story that started and then completely diverged and yet still hit a lot of the same high points. And I'd love to write an essay detailing all that, but it would have to be spoiler freaking rific. All I can say is I heartily recommend you read Dan Simmons's uh, The Terror if you're interested in a really well done period piece. Very well done. And it's it's magical realism? Fantastical okay. realism? I don't ha- know how to describe it. Historical it's fiction? It or... is historical fiction, but it's historical fantastical because it's all made up after they only had certain facts and then basically the ships disappeared and there's nothing. They only recently found the wrecks. There was no mm-hmm. information detailing what happened. They've taken liberties sure. with what they think might have occurred. It's not like there's magic or, involved. Right. right. Well, no, 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 no. What might have occurred involves magical stuff. Oh, I see. Okay. I'll leave it okay. at that. I'll leave it at that. So it was, uh, it was a really well-done series. It was a really well-done book. I love them both for completely different reasons. Completely different reasons. And I was thinking about this today. I love the characters better from the series. I like the plot better from the, from the book. Seems valid. If that makes any sense Again, at all. No, no, and that makes perfect sense because they're... There are plenty of times where I'll find a TV series and realize it was based on a book series and I'll go pick up the book and I'll realize that there are, there are aspects of the pacing or the setting that the book does better, but the, the TV show or movie manages the characterization better. And so it's finding it's, it's derivative work and you've, figure out which one you want to hold in your head as the original and which one you want to figure out as derivative and go from there. Rick, I'm sure what happened didn't include any magic. What happens in the stories, however, does. Mm-hmm. Since they've recently found the wrecks, we're pretty sure what both happened. The ice crushed both ships and mm-hmm. sank them both. The only question is who was aboard when it happened. Jer asks, what is on everybody's 24th 24 plan for me is to publish again, get more words today, and learn marketing. Learn marketing. Oh, my God. My answer to JR is, that's what we talked about last week. You should go listen to last week's episode. <laughs> it is. So, so I actually, so I did two things, um, two bigger, like, in time investment things for this year. Um, I found, and so, and part of, one of this came about after 20 books. Um, I found Becca Symes Patreon, um, and she's a author coach. She is a really big name in the author coaching community. She does a bunch of self-guided courses and she, there's a lot of stuff out there. And her foundation is as a strengths coach based upon, um, what is it? When I learned about it, it was the Strengths Finder 2.0, and it's been rebranded. Um, but essentially, it's leaning into your strengths, and the idea being not like bolster up the things that you're weak at, but spend less time on the things that you're weak at, and really push towards the thing that you're very good at, because you're going to get a better return if you practice what you're good at. Um, there's a lot more to it, anyway. So I pledged, I think a dollar a month, maybe two to her Patreon. And that gives me access to a bunch of self-guided courses. There's one on marketing for introverts, but I was just like, yay, I love this. I'll do it in the comfort of my own home without anyone else. Um, and there's a bunch of other stuff, but for me, I like the resource and I like the, the reading and pulling and figuring out what works because there's very little that's out there just for narrators. Mm -hmm. And so I've got to figure out what I can take from the publishing world and kind of rework and use for myself. But then I can also take what's there. And as I'm working on my own stuff, set out the plans. And then the second thing I did was I put down a bit of money for my own kind of like my education for the year, my coaching. Um, 
and joined a creative, what is it's called? The website is called Starving Artist No More. And it's a, the idea being there are, there's a community and there are resources to help you as a creative entrepreneur to set yourself up so that you're not a starving artist. You're a thriving artist. Um, and the person who runs that, uh, Jennifer Jillariah, she's a, an audiobook narrator. She's an author. She's a professional cellist and voice teacher, but she's made her living out of creative ventures. Um, and she does wonderful lectures. I actually have her teaching for Pan Academy later in the month. But I figured, you know what, for about as, for, for easily what I spend on, you know, a couple audiobooks. It's like, yeah, I can join the community and there are other narrators there and there are guided challenges and stating goals, but it's, it's a community of folks who are, who share a lot of the same larger like categories of goals about getting your business moving and working on self-marketing and for narrators reaching out to producers, but it's, I just needed more accountability. And I needed more accountability with people who don't have traditional jobs because I, oh, look, for those who are not watching and who can just hear the scrunch and static, Julius has arrived. And just to completely derail the show. Of course, because that's Julius. But I think that's, that's important that whatever... If, if you're looking for something to help you with your goals, find sources that best resemble where you are, um, with who you are, your lifestyle. Like, I, I learned long ago, I don't, I get nothing from books, from some self-made entrepreneur, you know, some self-made, self-made in air quotes, 30 something entrepreneur who isn't married, doesn't have kids, has never had to deal with, you know, up all nights and washing spit up stains out of the car and then having to go into work and balancing everything because they can't sympathize. And a lot of goal setting and getting to where you need to be, you need to kind of sometimes you need a model and not everyone can model everybody else hmm. except and for Julius who currently is modeling a large <laughs> fluffy 1920s stole Rick says so. at 30 I was up all night sometimes and once in a while I had to wash up vomit and that was just my because own. he was drinking so much my own of course you know, and that's, that's okay. I've, I, I mean, I, I've had the times where I'm like, okay, so I literally have five minutes to get from the car through the mudroom hallway into the kitchen, put the kid down and then figure out what I'm going to do for dinner. And in those like 30 seconds of transit, um, I now have the added bit of, oh, I get to wash spit up out of my hair or at least rinse it because I don't have time to wash it and then I'll just deal with it later. Yeah. It's Always a unique fun. experience. I have not but had that it, experience. I don't recommend it. I really don't. How many did you it, have? I had three kids and all had very interesting So, when you, So when I say I didn't have one, yeah. you said good idea. You did, did it three times. You didn't learn your lesson the first time? They're cute. For fuck's sake. This is and they howl, like, they howl like wolves, apparently. And they howl like wolves. She's raising wolves in there, man. I've seen them. They're huge. Huge. I, I am. I do. I, yeah, they they are. Yeah. And they root for a bad <laughs> a hockey off. team. They root for a bad hockey team. It's, it's just it's sad. You know, being as she's, she's the... the the little ginger. I'm sorry. Maybe you should like use that AI thing and do the do a wolf with just the ginger hair. The wolf ginger. The wolf ginger. The red wolf. <laughs> yeah. No. No. And yeah, Jr. says my youngest had colic. Yep, I had I had 
so the time when I started writing, so when I started writing and podcasting with Secret World Chronicle back in 2006, um, I, I was doing that and I was narrating. So I was narrating episodes. My son, who's now 17, was six, eight months old. Um, he had croup, which if you're not familiar with that, it's, um, a very barky cough and humid environments make it worse. So you have to be up all night. And the bonus was we have a, um, big separate stand up freezer. And so I'd have to stand up, strip this child down to a diaper, have a blanket around him, like over his shoulders, but stand in front of the freezer because that was dry, cold air that would help keep him from coughing. 2 a.m. I was totally thinking you were going to put him in the freezer. That's where I thought this there story are, was going. There are some days. There were probably there some, some days when I think about, about doing that. <laughs> there are still some days. I'm not sure he'd fit right now. <laughs> you're going to need a really big freezer now. You're going to need a walk-in freezer for that. He does work at a supermarket, so... Hmm. Mm. You ever see that uh, picture that's had the thing of freezer? This cubic foot, this size family. This cubic foot, this size family. <laughs> yes. The whole serial yes. killer thing. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's Lord of um, the flies in the Jake Eric yeah. house. But, but it re- it really is. Y- you there is a time and a, there's a season for everything. I think that's kind of what I'm getting at. And it's impossible to set your goals and expectations when it's just not it's not going to be feasible at that point. So you, you kind of some some years, some quarters, you've got to draw back and just kind of go, look, I can only accomplish these three things on, you know, any given week. And that's okay because inevitably stuff is, stuff is going to shift and change. It might change for the better. It might change for the worse, but it's going to change and you're going to have to change with it. And as someone who's really bad with change, that's really frustrating. Rolling with change is hard. But <laughs> as as an independent person doing work for ourselves, we don't really have a choice. Life is going to deal us whatever it's going to deal us. And we have to either roll with it or be rolled over by it. And sadly, sometimes you're rolled over by it. And then you just have to pick yourself up and find a way to step back into the work. Yep. Sometimes you are the Zamboni driver. Sometimes you're the ice. (laughs) That's an interesting way of putting it. I'd rather be Deadpool than the guy on the ice. Yeah, this is very true. Um, You were talking about advice earlier, and advice is is always the same. It's never specific to you. It's always specific from somebody's point of view. So take what it's worth and apply it however you can or however you want or ignore it completely. But at least if you talk to people about what they're doing, even if they mention something that won't work for you, the bottom line is it might strike something that will work for you and help you out and maybe, maybe get you over the hump of what your problem is. You know, whatever it might be. A Zamboni is that thing that comes along and basically refreshes the ice on an ice rink. So that the uh, hockey players can go beat the teeth out of each other. Yes, exactly. There was a game last night where there were over 80 minutes of penalties. And wow. I, think were, I think there were four 10-minute majors. What game was that? I'm trying to remember. Oh, it was Devils, it was Devils Blackhawks. Go look that shit up. It was oh. insane. The entire second period, everybody was hugging. I mean, there were like four people in each box. It was uh, no. I'm sorry. You have to. The, you if you want a good one, you have to go look up the um, the Panthers Senators game, where at one point it was like ten minutes. Everybody who was on the ice, that's it. It was it was beautiful. Um, oh, it's bad. But, it was bad. There were reasons why that happened last night because refs suck. But uh, wow. <laughs> It was yeah. nuts. 
Uh, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Zamboni. Zames is it's a Zamboni. Yeah. Wonder what song but, that was. To be fair, I think one of one of the best pieces of advice and it comes out from what you were saying that you were doing, Paul. Figure out those like chunks of things. And if you can make that work portable, make it portable. And if you can't make it portable, then try to give yourself, don't multitask, give yourself mm. that focused time to do like one thing. And if you just do that one thing for 15 minutes, at least you've done that one thing. Well, like I said last week, it's, 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 re, it's about focusing. It's about finally saying once and for all, I can't multitask. So I'm going to, I have four things to do, really huge projects. I got to knock them out one at a time. And I can't do anything else until I get that done. Period. <laughs> what are you You're, laughing about? When you said, it, I've got these three things to do. I immediately had a vision of Moses going, I've got these 15 commandments. Crash. 10 commandments. 10 commandments. Ten commandments. <laughs> oh, Mel Brooks. We love you so much. Oh. So much. <laughs> yeah, I will not be dropping any of those four. They got to happen this year, so it just it's gotta it's gotta go, and that's what I got to focus mm -hmm. on. Everything else takes the back seat, and the sooner I get that done, the sooner I can go play mm -hmm. with whatever book it is I'm going to go play with. But that, I have to when start you can like, but when you set that priority, and you're like, look, that's I'm going to hit this benchmark today, and I'm going to take the time and focus on it, and you get stuff done. It like works. Like it I does. finished an eight hour book in three and a half days. And it was pretty good. I mean <laughs> Paul would be the best Moses ever in a movie. Oh, that man. stuff would be rated R and you would have like what what the fuck is up with these waves? What is up with the waves? I can see sharks here. Why the fuck are there sharks in the Red Sea? That's. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Yahweh or Jehovah is going to strike actually. you with lightning for even mentioning that. That's just what I'm going <laughs> to say right there. Let's pick one. Either one. It's so God to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Job was a pussy. He would have sort of told God to go fuck himself. He shouldn't have said, why are you doing this to me? He should have said, you know what? Fuck you! That's what he should have done. What okay. a Go back to your garbage heap. Go back to the garbage <laughs> heap. Just sit. Sit. <laughs> the first commandment is, love the cats. <laughs> oh, this is why we can't have nice things. When are we getting the Cooley and Mixon co-author book? Oh. Probably never. <laughs> That's a long, long off project. Terry's got another 15 to 7. He's got two more books to finish in this series, too, right? Three two, more books to finish in three this more. series. And then you're going to have another 10 to 15 book series coming another in. Another 15 book series coming in behind it. Yeah, he's not going to have time to put, deal with my shit. <laughs> I, I barely have, I've got book 15 in the Empire series written. I can't find the time to read it to get it off to the editor. Yeah. I've got to make time to make that happen so that I can get it off into somebody else's hands. I am pretty I am pretty packed up when it comes to writing stuff. Yeah, so when you ask Maybe I need a I need a writing bidet. That's what I need. A writing colostom, uh, colonoscopy and a uh, and a bidet to help clean up my writing career. <laughs> Just let the words flow. How is shooting water <laughs> up your anus going to help you write? That's that's my You know what? That's the editing Whatever. process. <laughs> There's a dangling participle. Turn up the full blast. <laughs> Can Donna help you with the book editing? No, we discovered that very early in my writing career. No, she cannot. Because she puts way too much red ink on that page, and I am not interested in seeing it. <laughs> Her, her idea of editing, to be fair, it, it infringed upon my authorial voice, and I, I couldn't quite make her understand that that, that wasn't working out for me. So yeah, there's I've a certain the same, skill to it. I've got the same problem with Carrie, only Carrie 
knows that's what she'll do, and so she won't do it. She won't edit because my style drives her nuts. Although my style has evolved a lot over the last 10 years. So maybe something more modern, more modern, more recent <laughs> would be better a better experience. But the bottom line is it's just it doesn't work, so we don't do it. Nobody in you my know. house wants to listen or read what I put together. It's, so. it's much I'll easier to go ahead and pay Red Adept to do that. Really. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. We got uh, a couple minutes here left. So what are we doing? Well, we'll throw this up here, and that should go ahead and eat up the last of this. Uh-oh. What are you throwing up there? It's right there on Does the screen. Does that mean it's like you can write on it? Like it's a dry erase sort of thing? Or I That's mean... kind of my question. What is that exactly? Or is that just so you can sit and focus on your writing and not have to be distracted with other stuff? I mean... Maybe we need to have an episode on on the appropriate snackage for, for writers in progress. Oh, writers Lord. in progress. You're snackage. assuming some of us eat when we write. It's just usually like more coffee, more coffee, more coffee, ginger ale, coffee, coffee, coffee. <laughs> yes, and by the end, you look like Doc Brown. Paul went from killing everyone outright to letting the black play with them first. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's some truth in that. Who would be your dream guest for 2024? Hmm. I'm not sure I want to put anybody through the three of us. I mean, you know, it's it's pretty bad here. It's a bad place. We're completely unprofessional. Why the hell would anybody want to come on this show? There you go. Well, we could always invite George R. R. Martin, but then the series, then the show would never finish. Oh. See, True. this is why we can't have people on. This this shit right here is why we can't have people on. What else you got, people? It would be the dream guest. OSC, why? Hmm. How about somebody who's not almost one foot in the grave? <laughs> he is getting up there in age. He's got to be way up there in age. Yeah. He's got to be way up there. Xander, you want to be a guest on this show? <laughs> You're insane. <laughs> See, he was born in 1951, so that makes him... That's not too bad. He's mid-70s. He's up there. He's up there. Well, well we always have this... We'd love to hear McCumber back on. Uh, that's that's going to take a challenge I'm unaware of. Uh <laughs> It's been a while, and I'm thinking that maybe he's not in his best shape right now. So it's been a while. I, 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 you know, now that we're a video podcast, we, bad we have to sing that three-part harmony and was, summon him, and he would come here, and then he'd be like, "You guys, movies. I'm going home. Movies, movies." <laughs> There shaking his head because he knows I'm right. <laughs> You're totally right, as a matter of fact. <sighs> oh my god. On that note, we need to do some, some business here, which is uh we need to take care of some things, which is to say, uh if you enjoyed the show and you have a comment, you can send an email to show at DevRobotSociety.com. You can find me on Mastodon at Paul underscore E underscore Cooley at BYRSE.social. You can find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash DRS Podcast, where we are live every Saturday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. CST. Come join us, like, and subscribe so you always know when we put some goofy stuff up. And if you want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash DRS podcast and buymeacoffee.com slash DRS podcast, where for as little as $1 a month, you get access to exclusive live shows, which is coming up in 10 minutes. DRS Live After Dark. Where, since we weren't so shy about talking colostomies, Lord knows what we're going to talk about next. I truly (laughs) am scared. I may need to take a shot of whiskey or something to get through that. So... At the $10 level, you get your name read. Our $10 patrons are Tony L. Joy, Rick Shaw, Lisa Slack, Isabel Cushy, and Tim Niederreiter. Thank you to all of our patrons for making this show possible. 
And with that, we are out of here. Have a great week. You know, and uh, we'll see some of y'all in just a few minutes. And uh, keep writing, keep going, and fuck 2024. (laughs) That note, we're gone. Bye.